You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Today we're finishing up our series called Building Blocks, and this series has been about the values and the vision of Bayshore, what we are about as a church, what are the fundamental, essential things that we believe in that make us work as a church. And we've talked about inviting people to church. We talked about, uh, talked about different things. We talked about the importance of uh, stewardship, giving. We talked about discipleship, growing in our faith. We talked about small groups. A lot of our small groups are starting up here in September, and new groups are going to be starting. One of the great values of Bayshore is small groups, so we meet in circles. And today we're going to be talking about the value of serving, the value of serving in the church. So that's another value that we have, and we think about what we are as a church, you know, small groups, inviting people to church, discipleship, growing, teaching the word so we can grow. And then uh, today we want to be focusing on this idea of serving, of serving. When I think about, you know, uh, what a church is supposed to be like, a healthy church is sort of like if you look down on an anthill and you look at the anthill, I don't know if you've ever did that as a kid, you look down at the anthill and you see all these ants moving around and they're all engaged in something. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, they've got little things they're carrying up and down the hole and they're just all active. You'll never see an anthill where you see an ant crossing its eight legs. I don't know how many, does it have eight legs? I don't know how many uh, legs an ant has. But uh, sitting in a lawn chair, not doing anything. You never see a passive ant. Ants are always engaged in doing something. They're always like moving. And it's the whole colony is moving. The whole colony is active. And when I think about a church, I think when you look down on a healthy church, everybody has an activity, everybody has a gift, everybody has a way in which they serve the local community of faith that they're a part of. So that's an important thing. I think another metaphor would be an orchestra. When you think about an orchestra, you know, when you look at an orchestra, everybody has a different instrument. Some people got the tubas, some people got the flutes, some people got the, the, uh, the, the violins, the cellos. Everybody has a different instrument, and everybody is playing the same song, but with a different instrument. So a church is a church, a good church is when we have the same vision, but we all use our gifts to accomplish that vision and that purpose. If you go to, uh, you know, here in orchestra, you'll never see uh, on the stage someone sitting on the couch, laying down, eating Doritos. You won't see that. Uh, everybody is engaged in serving in some way. So one of the big values of Bayshore is that we are not a spectator church. We're a church of participation. Because here's what I've discovered. I've discovered this, that, that when you are engaged, when you are involved, you are fulfilled. Involvement equals fulfillment. And sometimes, you know, when we go to church, we sort of like uh, maybe aren't, uh, you know, kind of watching, kind of checking out what's going on, and, and we really don't have a role to play. But one of the big, big values that we have at Bayshore is that we want to engage everybody in serving in some capacity in the church because we believe everybody, everybody has a spiritual gift. Everybody has a spiritual gift. In fact, in the Bible, 
You know, just the way an orchestra has, everybody has an instrument. There's nobody sitting in a chair, you know, without an instrument. Everybody has some instrument that they play. So everybody has a gift. Everybody that knows the Lord today that's in this uh, congregation and everybody at Fenwick Island right now that's sitting there in Fenwick Island, everybody that knows Jesus and has been baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. One of the baptisms that the New Testament talks about is the Holy Spirit baptizes us into his family. When you become a Christian, it's not just like you're right with God. That's part of it, but you are baptized. The book of 1 Corinthians says you're baptized into the body of Christ. That means that I'm now a participant in the body of the Lord. So when you come into the kingdom of God and you meet the Lord, you are baptized into a family. You're baptized into a family. And at that time, the Lord gives you a gift that you are to use to serve that family. So everybody has a gift. There's a number of of lists in the Bible about these spiritual gifts. And let me just read to you one of them. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8 says this, For just as each of us, has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function. So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. That means that we have a mutual connection to each other to help each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And that's just one of the many gifts that are lists. There's There's a list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a list in 1 Peter and there's always these these lists of different things. Now here's the thing about for us to be healthy members of the body of Christ and healthy members of Bayshore, we have to recognize the fact that we're not like lone rangers. We know Jesus and we kind of do our own thing, but we have been incorporated into this family. God has called you to be a part of this family. You've been baptized by the Holy Spirit into a family. And you, when you were baptized into, into the family of God, you were given a spiritual gift. So every single one of you has a spiritual gift. And here's the question. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? If someone asks you right now, hey, what is your spiritual gift? My spiritual gift, I have like two. I have like a a gift of teaching and the gift of leadership. So, and there's kind of like, you know, almost tied for first. But I have the gift of leadership where, and that's sort of like I can see things that need to be kind of adjusted and to be moved forward. I don't do everything. I just, I can see things. And when I look at the Bible, I don't, you know, I always felt like, gosh, I wish I was more of a preacher. I'm more of a teacher. I'm kind of a gift teacher. That's my gift. You know, I grew up around preachers that yelled a lot and I just don't yell. I try to yell, but it just doesn't work for me. And some of you are glad that I don't yell. And, uh, but I'm a teacher. I explain the word so it makes sense to me and it makes sense to all of us. We can live our Christian life. So that's my gifts. That's what I do. And I was given that by the Holy Spirit. I didn't always have that. I'm not sure I always was a leader, but when the Holy Spirit baptized me into this family and I grew in my faith, I think that gift of leadership began to be cultivated and I began to become a leader. Now, 
The question is, do you know what your spiritual gift is? If you say, wow, I don't have a clue. Well, that's good news because we are offering our Next Step program in October, and there's a whole class on discovering your spiritual gift. October, the first Sunday of October, and every Sunday thereafter during the month of October at 8.45 for an hour, we're going to be doing Next Steps. And so if you can't, like, articulate what your spiritual gift is, it's very important that you do that, that you go through that. Now, if I asked you, what is your Social Security number? What is your social security number? How many of you could just right off the top of your head tell me your social security number? Just raise your hand right now. Just right. You know your social security number. Without a shout out, know your social security number. I had a person call me one time, you know, on the phone, you know, this telemarketer things, and you get all these calls, and you don't know who is from the government and who's with Medicare and who's not with Medicare. You don't know who's who. And this person called me, and they said, we think that your Social Security account has been hacked, and you are in jeopardy and danger. Please give us your Social Security number so we can check it out. <laughs> I think there was a problem there. I think that was a setup. But can you, you know, you can articulate your social security number. So you want to be able to articulate what is your spiritual gift. And some people have the gift of, of serving and helping. They just like to help people. They like to serve people. They just, they have mercy and they just want to help people. And they're just, uh, they're, they'll do whatever needs to be done. One, one, uh, one Sunday, we had water baptism here, and on Sunday, we baptized a lot of people, and the water baptismal pool was over there. And Karen happened to be walking through the auditorium on Monday in the afternoon, and she heard a noise, and uh, somebody was in the water baptismal pool cleaning it. It was somebody on staff, someone that we didn't ask to do that. They just saw it was a little nasty, and they climbed down in there, and they served. They were serving. Serving is a, is, is a gift from the Lord. There's people right now that, that are over there hugging kids and loving kids at our, at our campus here. And they're just, a, you know, they are given uh, a, to servanthood and helping people and encouraging people. Some people are given the gift of prophecy. You know what the gift of prophecy is? You know, it's not like your, your eyes roll back in your head and you say, thus saith the Lord. And, you, you know, you spit all over people when you're saying something. It's, it's, it's just hearing God. God's speaking to you for you to convey something to another person. Now, it could be a, a group of people where you go to your small group and you go to your small group and, and you know, you got a little Bible study, you're studying a, a book or whatever, and then as you're praying and as you guys are talking, there's something the Lord lays on your heart to share with a group, and it really, really helps somebody. Last Sunday, I was getting ready for, uh, to, to speak here last Sunday, and I was in my office at home, and the Lord just tapped me on the shoulder. That's how the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Just a little tap on the shoulder. I want you to do something. And he said, there's a pastor friend you have right now that's really wondering if he has the right word for today. He's getting ready to preach, and he's really, really nervous about it. And I just texted him. I said, hey, listen, you have the right word for today, and you're going to do great. He texted me back, wow, that really, really helped him. So what is prophecy? Prophecy is where, prophecy is where the Lord just kind of taps you on the shoulder and, and you give a word of encouragement. You give a word of, of, of uplifting to another person. So everybody has a gift and it's essential that we use our gift. Now, if you read Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, um, 
To me, that's a really inspiring and scary story because it says there was one guy given five bags of gold. The NIV has just parsed it down for you. It says five bags of gold. In the original language, it says talents, and that doesn't mean playing guitar. That means a weight of gold. So there was one guy given five bags of gold, one guy given three bags of gold, and one guy given one bag of gold. And the guy given one bag of gold, you know, the guy given five bags of gold, what he was given, just the way the Holy Spirit gives you something of value when you come to the kingdom of God, he took that and he used that in a positive way, and it brought uh, multiplication and good things. The guy with three talents, he did the same thing, and he used what he was given, and he was applauded, and he was blessed because he used what he was given. The guy with one talent was kind of like intimidated and afraid. And, and I would guess that some of you today are sitting here and you're in the local church here and you're new to our church and, and you aren't serving because there's some intimidation in you that you're a little afraid that you can't do anything for the Lord. Everybody has been called to do something for the Lord in our church. Everybody is called to do something for the Lord in our church. Every Sunday, when I'm on the front row, some of you see this before I preach Zven comes up here. Uh, Zven has a prayer ministry in our church, and he prays for me every Sunday. He used to pray for me in the parking lot. I said, Zven, there's people walking around. I'm trying to t talk to people. I got one eye on you, and I'm uh, shaking other people's hands. And I said, let's do it in the front of the church. And so Zven comes up every Sunday and prays for me before I preach. That's his ministry. He has a prayer ministry. He prays for me. And if I don't preach good some Sundays, it's because Zven didn't pray very well. Don't blame me. But that's his ministry. Everybody has a ministry. But the one guy in the parable of talents, he took the uh, talent that he had and he buried it in the ground and his talent was dormant. What he had been given was dormant. It was in dirt and it was not being used and it was dormant and the scary part of the parable is is when the owner of the vineyard owner came back and he uh you know celebrated the guy that gained five more bags of gold and the guy that gained three more bags of gold and the one guy that did not use his talent that it was dormant really came under the just the judgment and accusation from the guy that gave him the gold so it makes me worry that one day, you know, that there may be some people that God had given them something and they are not like really engaged in using that and it's sort of like dormant and at the end of the day, they're going to be accountable for what they did with what they were given. That's what the parable seems to teach. And you say, well, listen, Pastor Danny, the guy only got one talent, you know, and he's looking at the guy with three talents, the guy with five talents, or the guy with three bags of gold, and the guy with five bags of gold. He only got one bag of gold. So, you know, let's not be too hard on the guy. Do you know what a talent is? It's about 36 kilograms, which equals about 79 pounds. And he got 79 pounds of gold. And let me just ask you a fundamental question here this morning. How many would like to have 79 pounds of gold? Just raise your hand. Do you know how much 79 pounds of gold is worth? I looked it up this morning. Like 
uh, $1,500,000. That's a lot. He had a lot. And we've been given something incredibly valuable. Now, I look at my gift. I had the gift of teaching and the gift of you know, leadership, and I don't know how that'll play out as I get to be an old man and I'm standing up here with a walker. I don't know what fashion that will look like. But I think all my life, until Jesus comes, I want to be employing and using that gift in some form or fashion because it's a scary thing not to use what you've been given. So our church believes in serving, serving, giving with what you serve. Some people here, listen, there's some people that have the gift of giving in our church. Now, everybody should give. We spoke on stewardship last Sunday, and you guys were so positive about that message. Stewardship, that's a wonderful thing. But you know there are certain people that are just ordained by God to make a lot of money. How many would like to have that spiritual gift? Just raise your hand right now say, I'd like to have that. But there's people in our church that have the capacity to make a lot of money and they give great sums of money to the kingdom of God. There's people that have the gift of administration. I tell you what, <clears throat> I'm a person that loves things to be in order. I like good, orderly things. I like things to be in order. I belong to a, uh, a health club, and I'm not going to say a lot about it, where it is or whatever, but there is no gift of administration in that organization. It's just bad. And I've got a lot of friends there, so I just keep going, and I'm working out, and it's helping me not to get, you know, uh, you know trying to keep the, you know, I kind of eat cookies. That's why I work out, so I can eat some cookies. But there's no gift of administration. I went to a, a concert, a comedy concert this summer, and there was a rainstorm before the concert, and there was like 3,000 people there. And what I noticed is that all the seats were wet. And when Karen and I went to sit down, we had called somebody that was going to be at the comedy concert, and they brought us towels, so we dried off the seats. And there was nobody there in the organization. As good as an organization it is, there was nobody there to dry the seats for the customers coming in. And I think that our church would dry the seats. Because I believe that there are people that have administrational ideas and they know how to make things in order. And when you walk into this church, I hope that you feel that there's order in this place. Because administration is important. We just added a, a new guy to our, our church board. We had this guy on our board named Dan Ringer, and Dan is in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm not sure if Dan is listening to this message, but Dan was the CPA for Johnny Genosics, and he was uh, on our board for years serving uh, as our CPA. And Dan was going to be moving to Jacksonville, and I said, Dan, please stay on the board even though you're in Jacksonville. You know, we can Zoom you in, and you fly up here from time to time. And so Dan flew up here, and, and Dan called me a couple uh, months ago and told us that he was, had just taken a job. He was going to be the CFA, the chief financial officer for Mission Barbecue Restaurant. How many have ever heard of Mission Barbecue Restaurant? Amazing restaurant. There's one in Salisbury, the old Panera Bread. They do the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem every day at noon. Uh, it's incredible. And if you haven't been to Mission Barbecue, you need to go to Mission Barbecue today. Go. It's incredible. 
But Dan said he was, you know, going to leave, and uh, I said, you know, he loves us and all that. I said, Pastor Dan, I just can't do all of this stuff. And I said, well, we sure understand. So there's a guy in our Rehoboth church by the name of Paul who's accountant, and here's a picture of Paul. We asked Paul to join our team, and Paul has this incredible administration, you know, kind of thing. He was in some of my Bible studies. I knew Paul, and he's a really successful accountant. And we asked Paul, Paul, would you come help us with our money here at Bayshore? And Paul was just beside himself with excitement because he wanted to use his gift. He wanted to use his gift. You know, some people just have the gift of encouragement. They make you feel better. Jody Monroe is our, on our team here. We all love Jody. Jody, can, you can have the worst day in the world. I mean, you know, you could have run over the cat when you left to go to work, and the kids have all got, you know, the mumps, and, and you got fired from your job, and you go to Jody, you know, hang out with Jody, and you just feel like a light bulb afterwards. She has the gift of encouragement. How many people there know there's people like that in our church? They just... And sometimes, some of them are readers. Sometimes we get, you know, people that should be accountants opening the door for people. And then sometimes we get encouragers that are supposed to be there. But everybody has a gift. And there is this accountability before God one day that what did we do with what we had been given and I'm going to say, I believe I can say to the Lord, Lord, every time I taught your word, I taught it as good as I could. I tried as hard as I could. I tried to use the gift that you gave me. And here's what I believe. The more you use the gift that God gave you, the better you'll get at it. I remember Joel's first sermon when he preached in Rehoboth. It was not a stellar sermon. It wasn't a bad sermon, but it wasn't a stellar sermon. And he's got this gift of communication and he keeps working at it, working at it, and every sermon he preaches now is a stellar sermon. When you use what you've been given, just like the parable of the talents guy, when he used the five bags of gold he had, he got more because when you use what you got, you'll get more. And the thing about it is serving in the church, serving in the church is is the pathway to fulfillment. It's more fun to serve than it is to observe. It's more fun to serve than it is to observe. And, you know, this week, it's been hard for me. It's been a tough week for me trying to work on my sermon and get ready for today because the U.S. Open is on the tennis in New York and I'm working in my home office and the TV's right out there and I know they're playing right now and I'm trying to think about Jesus but I'm really thinking about backhands and forehands. That's what I'm thinking about. But I'm trying to stay in the chair. I've tied myself in the chair. I'm going to be studying. But, you know, for about 10 years, I went to the U.S. Open. Here's a picture of me and Rob Little from our Femme campus. Uh, about 10 years, I went every year to New York City, uh, stayed in Queens and went to the uh, tennis tournament. The U.S. Open, by the way, is the most uh, highly attended athletic event in New York City. More than the Mets, more than the Yankees. It's an incredibly exciting event. And so every year I went, and I just loved it. We had a great time. We watched tennis. And uh, I called a tennis ball one time from a famous uh, uh, player, and I was on ESPN with one of my friends sitting in the grandstands there. People said, we saw you on TV. 
I always thought I'd be, you know, on the U.S. Open maybe playing, but I was in the stands. But I can tell you this. I love to watch tennis, but there's nothing like playing tennis. If I had to choose between watching tennis and playing tennis, I would play tennis. In fact, if my phone rings right now, my tennis buddies have my phone. They called me about playing a doubles match or playing a match. I could leave before this sermon is over with. I love to participate. Participation makes your church meaningful. Makes your church exciting. This week... uh, on Monday, Karen and I took our grandkids, Nixon and Nora, we took them to, uh, on a boat ride to Aztec Island with uh, O.C. Hoppers, who is partially owned by Patrick Montag, who is uh, in our church. And uh, my, my grandson, Nixon, is uh, seven, and Nora is uh, eight, almost nine. And, and they were riding the boat. And, and, and Patrick, he knows every little bird and every little duck. And I mean, we, were, we had a great time on that trip. But the grandkids got a little bored after a while. I mean, it's a three-hour boat ride. We're riding all around Estique Bay. And then uh, Patrick said, now we're going to come to a section here. By the way, we saw some dolphins. And we saw all those horses there, the horses right by the shore. And Patrick said, we're going to come to this section where I'm going to let you drive, Nixon. I thought, that's a big mistake. I'm going to tell you that right now. (laughs) That is a big mistake right there. But Nixon got a hold of that steering wheel, and he came alive. And for the next two hours, he said, can I drive? Can I drive? Can I drive? And then he let Nora drive, and Nora was driving the boat. And, you know, riding in the boat is wonderful. It's fun. It's great, but there's nothing like driving. Coming to church is wonderful, but there's nothing like serving. There's nothing like helping open doors. There's nothing like being on the security team. There's nothing like, you know, leading a small group. There's nothing like knowing that your hands are dirty because you're involved. Serving. Serving is more fun than observing. Here's what happens to people. People come to a church and they like the church and the singing's good and the music's good, the facility's good, the preacher preaches good, it's good teaching, and they sit there and they sit there and they sit there and they sit there. And after a while, they get a little bored man, I don't know, the service wasn't as good as it used to be. Ah, man, I don't know. The music, I think the guitar was out of tune today. And they begin to feel unfulfilled. And so they go to another church, and they get a part of that church for a while, and they, it's all exciting, it's all new, it's all dynamic, and they don't serve, they don't serve, and after a while, oh, I don't know, oh, We need to go somewhere else. See, involvement equals fulfillment. Now, there's a thing in the the land of Israel called the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is in the uh, southern part of Israel uh, and, you know, down there by the Masada and the desert. 
And when I went to Israel, I went to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is, what you know about the Dead Sea is this. The Dead Sea has, uh, has an input from the Jordan River. The Jordan River comes in to the Dead Sea. But there is no outlet for the water to go out. So it's just taking water in. And you would think if you just take water in, you would grow and you would be bigger. But the Dead Sea evaporates 140,000 gallons of water every day. And in 1950, the Dead Sea was 50 miles long. Today, the Dead Sea is 30 miles long. It's 20 miles smaller than it used to be. So the truth is, is there is no real growth by just input. Just by listening to sermons, just by coming to church, just by worship services. Input without output equals shrinkage. It's when we have an output. It's when we minister. It's when we serve. It's when we love people. It's when we find our gift and we use our gift faithfully, whatever that gift is, if it's teaching, if it's, if it's giving, if it's administration, if it's encouragement, if it's mercy, if it's prayer. When we use our gift, we grow. But if there's no outlet, we shrink. That's ironic, isn't it? And there's something incredible about, about giving. Because involvement equals fulfillment. Involvement equals fulfillment. And for us to be fulfilled in the Lord, we have to say to ourselves, Lord, what is my gift? How can I use it to serve your people? Because a gift is used for two things. A gift is given to us by God to glorify God. God, you gave me this gift and I use it to glorify you. People on our board of directors that have the gift of administration, organization, and they are all in the organization of our finances are being used by God. They're glorifying God with their gifts. See, you know, glorifying God is just not limited to somebody singing a song on the stage. Glorifying God is using what gift you've been given to honor God. And that's what it is to glorify God. And then it is to serve people. And when I help people, listen to this. This is what I always say, and this is my theme of life that I'm trying to live out. You cannot help another person without helping yourself. You cannot help another person without helping yourself. My dad said to me when I first came in the ministry, I'm almost done here. He said, Danny, if you ever get discouraged in the ministry, if you ever get down, if you ever get depressed, I'll never get depressed. I'll never get discouraged in the ministry. People are wonderful. I'd be wonderful. It'd be great. He said, well, if you do, you need to get in your car and you need to go down to the hospital and you need to walk the aisles and you need to go into the rooms and you need to, to pray for people and minister to people. He said, when you're in the dumps and you're depressed, if you will reach out and help other people, it will cure you of your sadness. Well, after about three months, I was virtually living in the hospital. You know what I mean? It was like, this is really hard. 
I remember one day being real busy and I'm leaving the hospital and I go by this room and I had one of those shoulder taps. And the Lord said, stop and go in that room. And I've never heard the Lord say anything that specific to that point. And I just kept moving down the aisle and the Lord kept tapping me in the shoulder, go back to that room. And I went in that room and there was a man laying there named Buddy who had just had his leg amputated. And he was so down, and he was so sad, and he was so depressed. And I pulled that chair up that they have in the hospital, and I, and, I, and I talked to him, and he told me his story, and he told me about his diabetes. He told me everything that had happened. And we listen, I listened to him, and we talked, and then we prayed together. And it filled my heart up to help him. We became friends. I went to see him on a regular basis. Because you can't help another person without helping yourself. If you come to church and you say, how can I help? How can I serve? What can I do? And you begin to engage in that ministry, it will fulfill you in a way that just listening and watching can never do. Jesus said one day there was, his disciples went in town to get some food for him and he they were in Samaria and, and there was a woman that came a woman at the well of course the story in John chapter 4 and, and Jesus ministered to her and he listened to her story and he helped her with her her life crises and the disciples come back with big bags of Chick-fil-A from the Chick-fil-A restaurant they're going to have all this food he said Jesus you want your lunch now he said I have food to eat that you know not of I'm filled because I'm helping other people. Say this with me, I am only fulfilled when I'm using my gift to help other people. Lift your hands to the Lord right now and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. This fall is a new season here at Bayshore. The Holy Spirit's calling you, he's speaking to you, he's leading you, leading us all into the gifts that we have to serve so our church can, can really make the impact we're called to make. Lord, we thank you for everyone that's here this morning. We thank you for the love of Jesus that's here. We thank you that you've given us gifts, bags of gold that are in our laps right now, things that we've been given. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to discover these gifts and help us to utilize these gifts. And Lord, as we serve and as we give and as we minister, we thank you that we're going to begin to grow like never before. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your mercy in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.